Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. For obvious reasons, we keep this place as gloomy as possible. Welcome to Mind Poppers Podcast. <laughs> we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies. Once you get used to these grim surroundings, you'll never leave. Nobody ever does. We continue now with tonight's case, Conspiracy. Now, right now, listen. Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Poppers Podcast. In particular, we are doing Stop the Press and we are doing part two of the latest season. Uh, Our first story, okay, our first story of the evening comes from Take a Break. Take a fucking break. And not just any Take a Break, we're doing Take a Break, Fate and Fortune. Okay, <laughs> so it's the usual fucked up delinquency that we see in the, the normal editions of these magazines, however, with a, a spiritual or a paranormal twist, okay? So our first story comes from a man named Ben Massey, who's 48. <laughs> I'm laughing now because I <laughs> already read a little bit of the story and I was like, okay, the name correlates. Uh, an unexpected message warned me something horrific would happen. Best mate's dream made me half the man. Sitting in my friend Kirsty's kitchen, I drank a beer as she prepared dinner. And when she plated up a delicious meal of steak, new potatoes and salad, I thought back to the takeaway I would have had on my own. It was 2020. I was single. Lived alone, and the country was on lockdown due to COVID. So Kirsty and her husband, Dan, had kindly invited me into their support bubble. Oh, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember the days of having a support bubble? <laughs> like, I used to be throwing COVID parties, okay? I mean, I was not just me, okay? I've attended COVID parties. My friends were throwing COVID parties, which you can say now. You couldn't really say at the time, or you were like public enemy number one. But when we were having COVID parties, as in we used to be like, oh, they're in my bubble. <laughs> and there used to be like 15 of us. And, and I even threw a party. I threw a party and I had bought about, I think they were about a metre length, maybe a metre and a half of bamboo sticks that you would use for, you know, for um, putting into the ground in the garden so it allows the, the plants or whatever, the vines to, to, to grow up it. I had bought a pack of those, big pack, gave everyone at the COVID party this big metre and a half bamboo stick and I told everybody, I was like, look, I can't, you know, I'm not like, I don't have the, the facilities to like lay down on the floor, you know, all this shit of like a meter and a half. And like, if you're here, you're too close. Couldn't do that kind of stuff. Back then you didn't have that like temperature gun either, you know, let's go on vibes. And I bought everyone these big meter and a half bamboo sticks so that if you felt that if someone was getting too close to your space, you know, during COVID, then you hit them with the stick and it worked. Okay. I haven't gotten COVID yet, maybe once. But other than that, I haven't gotten COVID these last, what, two, three years? So there's something to it. Anyway, it was 2020. I was single, lived alone, and the country was in lockdown due to COVID. So Kirsty and her husband, Dan, had kindly invited me into their support bubble. 
I felt really self-conscious about my size and an old knee injury didn't help. If you lose weight, some of the pain might go away, Christy suggested kindly. It can't... <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> kindly. It can't be good for you carrying around extra weight on your injuries. I mean, I mean, I get it. I get it, I get it, I get it. Probably solid advice. I don't want to be injured and then someone telling me I'm a fat fuck, but go on. Deep down, I knew she was right. But I had no idea how to lose the weight. A knee reconstruction after a serious rugby injury in my teens had led to blood clots. It left me bedbound in my early 20s and my weight ballooned. Eventually... I was diagnosed with diabetes and I don't, oh, <clears throat> and I needed to change my diet, but I didn't. Then I met Kirsty at work. We quickly hit it off and became friends. I often talked about wanting to lose weight. Then one morning, Kirsty texted me with the message that would change everything. I dreamt you had your leg amputated because you're so overweight and your diabetes is out of control. <laughs> Oh, awful, awful, awful. <laughs> awful kind of message. First of all, dreams. Rule of thumb about your... I mean, and I guess this is an exception to the rule. But there is nothing worse than hearing about some cunt's dream. Nothing worse, okay? If I'm sitting down with you, where, you know, we're conversating, whatever, and you're like, oh my God, I had the weirdest dream last night that... Already, I'm already thinking about something else. I am not, you know, because, yeah, every once in a while, yeah, you might be good, it might be good or whatever. But I mean, for the vast majority of time, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I certainly don't give a fuck about it. And it's over the years, you've heard so many, so many pointless bitches dreams. That when's the last time you heard a dream, we're like, okay, that's interesting. The only time I ever want to hear about a dream from you is if one, it is, like, super fucked up. Like, super fucked up, where I'm like, okay, okay, I, I do want to hear about that. Or if it involves me. If you're having a dream and I'm in it, then I want to hear about it. Because that's always my first question. They'd be like, oh my god, Adam, I had the weirdest dream last night. I interrupt straight away. Was I in it? And they're like, no. And then I'm like, well then, shut it. Shut it down. Shut it down. Couldn't give a shit. Couldn't give a shit. Uh, save it for your therapist. Not me. Mm -mm. Certainly not me. But to go on and I guess this dream, you know, Chrissy's dream was about him. But to say that I dreamt you had your leg amputated because you're so overweight and your diabetes is out of control. <laughs> like that feels very pointed. Okay. That feels like you just wanted, you woke up and wanted to call someone a fat cunt. <laughs> I mean, look, again, and that's the thing. It's like, am I... Am I so fat that my friends are, like, pretending that they had a dream to tell me that I'm fat, you know? Um, but look, he says it changed him. It stopped me in my tracks. Kirsty said that she did not want to embarrass me. I'm not really embarrassed, and I really appreciate you sending it to me, I replied. I'm a strong believer in the power of dreams as a reflection of what is on your mind. <laughs> and, and Christy had something on her mind. Um, and of the impact they can have on your life. So inspired by the warning message uh, her dream had provided, I joined Weight Watchers online. 
I mean, I was 20 stone and six pounds, far too much for my six foot four frame. But it was the dream, you know, it's the dream that 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 got you going. I mean, <laughs> again, look, I'm not I'm not fat shaming. I'm not one to fat shame, you know. I'm trying to quit smoking. So the amount I'm eating right now, I wouldn't be surprised if people are coming up to me telling me they had dreams, okay, about how I've been so large and in charge these last couple of days, last couple of weeks. So I get it, I get it. But still, that it, 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 it took a dream. I was 20 stone and six pounds, far too much for my six foot four frame. I'd been living on takeaways for so long that I didn't know how to cook healthy foods. So I asked Kirsty, What can I cook that's healthy? Chicken, vegetables, lean protein, she replied. I stopped having takeaways and started having a healthy salad and a light cheese wrap for lunch and then a vegetable or fish stir fry for dinner. The weight was coming off so fast that I had to keep buying new clothes. And then I returned to the office after lockdown. I looked so different, some of my colleagues didn't even recognize me. Now I weigh 13 stone. I mean, I've lost seven, seven stones since Kirsty's dream. I've lost nearly 10 inches off my waist and I've reversed my diabetes. Mentally, the transformation has been huge. I go to the gym six evenings a week. My confidence and self-esteem has rocketed and I'm off the painkillers. <laughs> Someone sucked all the fucking fun out of this man and I'm off the painkillers I had relied on. I feel in the right frame of mind to start dating too. I can't thank Kirsty enough because it's down to her dream and continuing support that I'm where I am today. Kirsty says, All Ben has to thank me for is a crazy dream and my inability to keep my mouth shut. He should be very proud of himself. <laughs> well, how would you feel? How would you feel if someone texts you I was like, um, hey, Rachel, uh, thinking about you, just letting you know that I had a dream last night about you. Because when you first see that, you're like, okay. When for someone texts you first and they're like, I had a dream about you, you're like immediately flattered. You're like, okay, well, I'm in, I'm embedded in your fucking brain, okay? To the point where you are dreaming about me. And then they're like, yeah, I had a dream that you were so fucking fat. Adam, you were so fucking fat, like a total monster, okay? You were so fucking fat that you lost your boat, you lost all of your limbs to diabetes and you died a sad little torso, you know? <laughs> and then you woke up, bitch, and it was the truth. It was real, okay? It was real all along. Um... <laughs> Honestly, if someone messaged me that, I would fucking freak the fuck out. Um, but okay, let's hear, let's hear it for Ben Massive or Ben Massey. Sorry, let's hear it for Ben Massey. Okay, turn his life around. Okay, and when we like to hear that on this podcast, we like to hear an underdog. Um, it was a short story to start us off. Now, as for our next story, our next story actually comes from the latest issue again of Take a Break. Fate and fortune. <laughs> I was a top paranormal investigator until a terrifying encounter changed everything. By Natalie Osborne, a haunted mirror forced me to quit my job. As soon as I walked into the flat in Stratford-upon-Avon, I felt uneasy. The place had an unhappy feeling. As a medium who sees and hears spirits, 
I sensed this dark atmosphere immediately. The couple who owned the flat, John and Alice, felt the strange energy too. What's more, dirty fingerprints appeared on walls and they'd heard whispering at night. I don't feel safe in my own home, explained Alice close to tears. But it was a large, black, ornate mirror in the living room above the fireplace that grabbed my attention. Looking at the mirror's reflection, I could see a middle-aged man dangling from the ceiling. He'd hanged himself. I knew immediately, she's probably looking at the window, I knew immediately that the mirror was haunted and the cause of the unrest. Where did you get the mirror from? I asked calmly, not wanting to scare the couple. It, it came from a refurbished pub, said Alice. The problems, the problems started soon afterwards, said John. Do you think the mirror is connected to the strange events? I nodded and explained that the spirit of a man who'd taken his own life in the pub had attached itself to the mirror. I can see his image, I added, not going into details. I didn't want to terrify them further. I offered to take the mirror to my house in Towchester, 40 miles away. I knew if I removed the cursed item, the haunting would stop in their home. I'd been investigating haunted houses for 17 years, and I'd removed dozens of haunted dolls, jewellery, and other items from homes. Now, I have to laugh. I have to laugh, and I also have to burp into the microphone. I have to laugh, because what it sounds like, okay, now we, we might find more as we read along, it sounds like someone got them light fingers, okay? Psychic Natalie with the with the loose hands, okay? Jewellery, okay? You're taking jewellery from the houses. I'm feeling a scam, I'm smelling a scam, okay? Um, now she's going into these people's houses, taking dolls, okay, I mean dolls, kind of like, yeah. Random. Yeah, I mean, we know. Okay, you're taking a haunted doll, whatever. Clever ruse, a clever ruse, but you're also taking jewellery. Haunted jewellery. Oh, that tennis, that tennis bracelet? Haunted, you're going to have to give it to me. <gasps> that Pandora bracelet and all the charms you have upstairs? Oh, you're going to have to give it to me. Okay, that block of hash on the table. Any Coke you guys might have. Any rum. Uh, that Xbox? Haunted. Okay. You know, any sleepers that you guys have? Haunted. You know, I feel a scam. I feel a scam, okay? I can see this bitch walking out of people's homes with fucking jewellery, like a Canada Canada goose jacket, like some fucking knockoff Balenciaga, those big hoofs that everyone was wearing a couple of years ago. You know, something don't smell right here. Certainly not. But we'll find out. Um, I'd been investigating haunted houses for 17 years and I'd removed dozens of haunted dolls, jewellery, and other items from homes. I either cleansed the possessions and donated them to charity, you did my fucking hoop, or sold them, still haunted on eBay, and there we go, there we go, okay, I knew it, fucking scam likely, I knew it. There's a big market for haunted second-hand stuff, but I'd never had any issues with objects that I'd removed, and nothing scared me, or so I thought, I'm telling you now, this woman, right, she saw this big, beautiful, black, ornate mirror on this poor couple's walls, okay? The wife, okay, the house probably not even haunted, okay? She's probably having night terrors or something like that, okay? Go to therapy. Um, but 
she saw this beautiful big black mirror and was like, do you know where that would look good now? In my fucking front room. Okay? She's only having a fucking laugh with the two of them. Like, <laughs> what a dirty knock. She was like, that's going to look fucking fab in my place. Free night. And do you know what? It's, you don't even have to pay for it. Sure, she's doing them a favour, taking them off, doing them a favour. Free fucking mirror for her. And I bet they pay her a fee as well. Okay. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, There's a big market for haunted secondhand stuff, but I'd never had any issues with objects that I'd removed and nothing scared me. Or so I thought. The problems began on the hour-long car journey home. I put the mirror on the back seat as it wouldn't fit in the boot boot probably full of all the other things she's robbed um but within minutes of setting off the mirror moved and edge pressed against my neck i stopped the car and repositioned the mirror even then it even though i propped it up the mirror fell forward again hurting my neck i managed to keep driving but 20 minutes into the hour-long journey the spirit in the mirror started hurling abuse at me <laughs> I could hear the nasty spirit calling me an, an effing bitch and an effing silly cow. He then asked om- ominously, You don't know what you're doing. I turned off the radio to drown out the insults. Soon, though, the car filled with a horrible smell of B.O. and stale beer. <laughs> The call is coming from inside the house, I bet. (laughs) I opened the windows, but it didn't get rid of the overpowering stench. Finally, pulling up outside my house, I thought, What have I done? I told myself not to be stupid. I investigated hundreds of properties. I robbed hundreds of properties and helped as many lost souls move into the light. I could handle this foul-mouthed entity. My psychic gifts first appeared when I was seven, and I saw my dead grandmother in my bedroom the day after she passed. As an adult, my abilities blossomed. Over the years, I lived in several homes that were haunted, and experience taught me you had to be forceful with spirits and stand your ground. Word soon spread about my ability to communicate with the dead. Desperate people were being plagued by spirits and contacted me for help. And I'm pleased to say I was always able to cleanse their homes. I'd simply talk to the spirits, explain it was time to move on, open a doorway and guide them into the light. The local paper even ran a story about my ghost-busting talents. I also wrote four books about my experiences as a paranormal investigator. I'd lived happily and spirit-free in my current terraced home for 15 years until... I picked up the mirror. When I arrived home that day, I propped the mirror against the dining room wall and spoke directly to the spirit attached to it. It's time you move on, I said. The nasty spirit's response was, You think you know everything, but you won't be able to get rid of me. This had never happened before, and to be honest, I was a little unsettled. So I tried my technique of opening a doorway, something that always worked for me, but the evil spirit refused to budge. For the first time, I had to admit I was scared, and then things got even worse. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Every day, the evil spirit hurled abuse at me. All over the house, I could hear it calling me, A silly bitch! And, oft, and other horrible insults. I, <laughs> I just, you know what, I love, I love good news. <laughs> I just love the idea of this, like, because I'm telling you, she didn't have this mirror locked away, okay? She had it placed prime and in the left front, in that front room, I'm telling you, she's a thief. And you know what, maybe, maybe it was karma's way of getting her back, okay? Because I it, I believe that she robbed the mirror because she thought it was going to look gorge, okay? With the new fucking three-piece that she just robbed from another house. And maybe it actually was haunted and this ghost was getting her back, okay? She was getting, she was getting hers. So, but I love that. That's what I want to do, okay? When I die, that's what I want to do. I want to be the passive-aggressive spirit in a mirror. Okay, <laughs> just to be, especially because you know she's up, she has her fucking hunker pressed to that mirror every day before she's going out to rob a new people, she's going for lunch with the girls, bottom of brunch, whatever. I would love to be the spirit in the mirror looking back at her being like, makeup's a little heavy, isn't it? You're going to a wedding, are you? <laughs> you know, just things like that. <laughs> I would love. If I die, I would love to be the passive-aggressive spirit just shouting abuse from a mirror in someone's house. Oh, I would love it. Um, what else did she say? Oh, yeah. Three weeks after bringing the mirror home, the shadow people arrived. Shadow people are recognised evil entities. They feed on, on fear and bring unhappiness and misfortune. I realise now they were coming into my home via a portal in the cursed mirror. The man's suicide and unhappy state had created the right dark energy for these evil beings that feed on unhappiness to open a doorway, a portal from the lower realms and enter my home. Me and my daughter Becky, then 25, were the only people living in the house and we saw the tall, dark shadow people out of the corner of our eyes. They materialised in various places on the landing in the bedrooms, even in the bathroom, okay? (laughs) I don't believe it. I'm not buying it that these shadow people were showing up while psychic Natalie was dropping a log. Um, Even the bathroom, bringing a depressing, heavy feeling, along with the sensation of being watched. Well, no wonder the sensation of being watched. You're fucking sat on the shitter, okay? And some big black spirit 
is staring at you from the corner of the room, you know? Uh, very uncomfortable. I also cannot shit when being watched, unless I'm drunk. Um, a week after the shadow... Oh, soon we were both petrified and unable to sleep. A week after the shadow people appeared, I was so exhausted I could barely function. Finally, I'd had enough. Ah, uh, here we come. I just read the next line. I knew it. I put the mirror up on eBay with its full history and it was snapped up. Oh, she's a scammer. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. She's a fucking scammer. Joanna Scammer. Once the mirror left, I expected the problems to stop. But while the suicide spirit vanished, the shadow people stayed, which worried me. Days later, I had another problem to face. I found a lump in my right breast. I rushed to my GP, who booked me in for a biopsy. Luckily, when the lump was removed, it was found to be benign. But as I recovered from my cancer scare, okay, I don't know if that warrants cancer scare, I knew I needed to do a full cleansing of my home. It was now six weeks since I'd taken possession of that cursed mirror, and it had brought nothing but misfortune. And you sold it! You sold it for a profit! So I began a three-day cleansing ritual. I opened up all the windows and smudged each room by wafting burning sage around and put salt along the doorways to stop anything evil entering my personal space. I slept with the Bible by my bed too. Afterwards, thankfully, the shadow people and their dark energy vanished. Then, the couple who'd bought the mirror from me messaged me and asking to return it. I said no straight away. It was never coming back into my house. You see, something's not right, okay? Psychic Natalie is leaving something out. And what also adds to the, um, the the bad feeling that I'm having is that while Natalie's real name is Natalie, she's telling the story in Take a Break, but she's changed the couple's names. She's changed John and Alice's names. They're not their real names. That's not the real names of the couple. So the fact that the couple contacted her and asked for that mirror back, if I was a betting man... And I'm not, because I don't know how that works. But if I were, I would bet that good old Natalie took this gorgeous mirror, said it was haunted, said she was going to cleanse it, return it to the family, but instead she sold it, again, for money, because that's what she does. She a thief. Um, And then when the couple got onto her and be like, oh, you know, can we have that mirror back? She was probably like... Oh no, I had to get rid of it. I had to get rid of it. There was no way of cleansing it. You see, uh, something's off. I'm going to um, maybe delve a little deeper into Psychic Natalie after this episode. See if I can come up with um, any more leads. Okay, see if I can get in contact with some of the hundreds of people she has claimed to help. Okay, so I will report back if I, um, if I hear anything more. Um... I said no straight away. It was never coming back into my house. But the experience definitely changed me. Now, just the thought of going into a haunted house terrifies me. Because you just don't know what you might bring home with you. It sounds the psychic of decades, okay? Of decades who has, you know, they themselves said that they've been to hundreds of homes and had hundreds of spirits cross over. But she'll never now go back into a haunted house. Something's not right, okay? Something ain't right. I'm definitely looking into this woman. 
Um, I still read tarot cards. Oh, I bet she does. So robbing the town. Giving guidance and help to people that way. But my days as a paranormal investigator are over. She's probably on probation. Thanks to that cursed mirror. Okay. I, I don't know. Something's off. Something is off. Okay. This is interesting. Okay. Because she's telling us the story about this haunted mirror. And that's supposed to blow us away. But I um, fe- have a feeling that there is a story within a story here. Okay. And I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Our next story comes from Chat Magazine, and it tells the harrowing tale of two star-crossed lovers, Lana and Stephen Clayton. Party-loving Lana and Stephen Clayton thrived on throwing lavish bashes at their waterfront mansion. A couple who had it all. Steve had made millions from selling his physical therapy business. Retired at 40. Fifteen years later, in 2010, he'd met Lana online and they married after three years together. It was Lana's second marriage, but Steve's family joked that they'd lost count of how many times he said, I do. Six or seven was their guesses. Okay, the accent. I think they're from South Carolina, America, South Carolina. What do they talk like? Carolina? Carolina? How do they they talk Southern, I guess? Steve loved being in love, his nephew Chris Fagan said later. It didn't always work out well for him. (laughs) Okay, let me pause and find out how people in South Carolina talk. And we will do this correctly, okay? Because we want it to be true to story. Okay, I'm back. Um, Steve's family joked that they'd lost count of how many times he said, I do. Six or seven was their guess. Steve loved being in love, his nephew Chris Fagan said later. It didn't always work out well for him. Um, nailed it. On the 4th of July 2018, the Claytons threw a huge Independence Day party. Fireworks, dance floor, no expense spared. The couple danced, appearing to be happy and in love. But one morning, two weeks later, Lana ran out of their home in South Carolina, flagging down a motorcyclist, screaming. She asked him to call emergency services. Then she ran to her neighbor's home, banging on the door. It's Steve, she yelled. (laughs) That was kind of a sure, sure, bitch. (laughs) It's Steve, she yelled. Back at Lana's house, she waited on the doorstep while the neighbor went inside and they discovered Steve's dead body. According to Lana, Steve had been bedridden, suffering vertigo for the past three days. At 11am, she checked on him and made sure he had everything. Water, meds, leaving him sleeping, she'd gone to mow the grass, but then she'd found him dead at the bottom of the stairs. Steve's Steve's nephew Nick French turned up. A police officer in a nearby town He consoled Lana, the devastated Lana. Next, Chris arrived and he spotted, and he spotted the two nephews, and the two nephews, fuck me, and the two nephews soon spotted red flags. Lana was a nurse, so why hadn't she tried to resuscitate Steve? Why didn't, why hadn't she called for an ambulance right away? And where was their uncle's phone? 
Chris asked to see Steve's will to check if he'd wanted to be buried or cremated. Ugh, I'm a southern belle. Ugh, there's no will. There's no will, Lana snapped, storming inside. There's no will! If there was that, if that was true, it meant Lana was entitled to Steve's entire fortune. But Chris had seen the document previously when Steve had asked him to be his executor. Then Nick overheard Lana talking in the kitchen. Apparently, she was worried about a toxicology report and what would it uncover. It would uncover Steve's secret drug abuse. And upstairs, Nick found their bed drenched in urine. Oh, Steve does that when he has the vertigo. That happens, Lana told him. With that, she asked everyone to leave. Nick and Chris knew something wasn't right, but it was a race against the clock. With the authorities attributing Steve's debt to a heart attack, Lana had organized his cremation. In two days' time, the men demanded a, uh, the cremation was in two days' time. The men demanded a post-mortem and toxicology report. The coroner agreed and found something strange in Steve's bloodstream: tetrahydrazoline, a chemical found in eye drops, a colorless, odorless, and tasteless poison. A small dose diluted in water could cause dizziness, nausea, vomiting, reduced heart rate, and confusion. But in large doses, it could attack the respiratory system, proving fatal. Had Steve been poisoned? It was out, it was without question the cause of death, said forensic toxicologist Demi Garvin. Quizzed by the coroner, Lana claimed Steve would put a few drops in his coffee every morning. Apparently, it helped him go to the loo. But the coroner hadn't mentioned eye drops, only the name of the chemical. How did she know? Questioned by the cops, Lana stuck to her guns. Perhaps Steve had taken his own life, she suggested, claiming that he had a mood disorder and could be abusive. I always walked on eggshells she said. But as officers continued to grill her, Lana cracked, admitting squirting a bottle of eye drops into Steve's water two days before he died. I was just angry. I was just angry, she said, fed up with Steve's constant demands. She'd wanted revenge. To punish her husband, not just to kill him. I just wanted him to have diarrhea. (laughs) I wanted him to just be miserable. She insisted. But there'd been a bizarre incident two years earlier. Lana had shot her sleeping husband in the head with a crossbow. (laughs) Okay, okay. I mean, I think it's a pretty open and shut case at this point. Uh, Which is funny because they're married... Three, no, were they together? Oh, they were together three years and then married? Uh, well, two years ago, I mean, she shot her sleeping husband in the head with a crossbow, okay? It was an accident. She loaded the weapon, Lana had claimed. Um, Steve, his injuries minor, believed her, and the authorities hadn't pressed charges. Okay, so <laughs> she was able, you, that's when you know that the puss is good, okay? When you know when you're really slinging it down. Okay, and throwing it back is that if you were able to sh- to fucking 
impale your sleeping husband's forehead with a fucking crossbow and then he wakes up and you say it was just an accident you know or just walking around the room with a little crossbow <laughs> and he believed her you know um it was an accident as she loaded the weapon lana had claimed steve his injuries minor believed her and the authorities hadn't pressed charges but now she confessed it wasn't an accident but self-defense I was trying to protect myself from him because he was, you know, coming at me, she said. In August 2018, Lana Clayton, 53, was charged with murder. Authorities believed she'd poisoned Steve for his fortune, thrown away his phone so he couldn't call for help and burned his will. The theory was that she'd poisoned him over several days, leaving him bedridden. Then realising he was sick, Steve tried to get help, only making it to the bottom of the stairs. But eventually, Lana pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter and a charge of tampering with food or drugs. Her plea was accepted and her sentencing in January 2020, the defence maintained that it had been an accident. Yes, she put eye drops in Steve's water, but she never knew they were deadly. I wanted him to leave me alone. She told the judge. The defense argued Lana had PTSD after suffering sexual abuse in the past. When Steve's behavior got too much, she snapped. Steve's family had their say too. Okay, I'm trying to be... Okay, because I can see the name. I'm about to say this is Lords Alvarez, which is giving Spanish. So let me whip out my Spanish accent. Um, This one is a good one because I spent many years in Spain and I'm actually, you know, quite good at speaking Spanish myself. So... Lana, Lana, <laughs> oh no, oh no, it's getting offensive. <clears throat> um, Spanish, como se llama, como se llama, Lana has fooled a lot of people, please don't let her fool you, said his goddaughter, Lord Alvarez. As judgment day arrived, maybe she did a, <laughs> a J1 in India. <laughs> As Judgment Day arrived, Lana Clayton was sentenced to 25 years behind bars for killing her husband. The curtains had come crashing down on her seemingly perfect life. And the parties were over. Okay, see, that's go to show you. Some people, right, they had the, the mansion. Okay, this dude, right, worked his ass off, was able to retire at 40, mansion by the water, lavish parties all the time and what did he get in return a fucking crossbow to the head okay and a wife who wanted him to shit himself to death okay so maybe your life ain't that bad now before we finish up this episode i mean yes we're finishing i just don't know what to tell you we are out of stories okay um if you want to hear more there is actually two um Patreon exclusive stop the press episodes over on the Patreon. Um, everyone or everyone on the Patreon gets the stop the press episodes first. They get them early access and they get them ad free. Okay, got to support my people. Um, we also do a new episode every Saturday. Not stop the press. We do stop the press every couple of weeks. Again, goes on to the Patreon early. But we do a normal episode of Mind Poppers. Normal scheduling every Saturday. Last week, what did we do last week? Last week we covered oh well a harrowing encounter with a crackhead. One, 
we also did a bit of a deep dive into ice cream vans in Ireland, which I know what you think, like, well, why do we give a shit about ice cream vans? Well, there is this seedy underbelly in the ice cream van world in Ireland, and I won't give anything, I won't spoil it, but everything you would think an ice cream van shouldn't be doing, they are doing, okay? There are turf wars, violence, arson, murder going on between these ice cream van drivers, drugs, diddling, okay? You name it. They are at it. And it's you just wouldn't believe it until you go down the rabbit hole. You can subscribe to the Patreon. I'll leave a link um, in the episode description for you to sign up there. Also, if you want to give the podcast a rating on whatever streaming service you were listening to, it really helps other people to find the podcast. Um, in the meantime, stay woke. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.